Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. Jesus, we thank you again for a Sunday morning that we can gather. I thank you that I don't feel rushed or hurried by jumping from one thing to the next thing, but we can find rest and comfort in knowing you are with us and you care about what we are presently going through and dealing with and struggling to understand that we can find rest by remaining with Christ in God. We thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your comfort, for your peace, your help. We thank you, God, that you wept when your friend Lazarus died. We thank you that you are with Missy and her family as they mourn the loss of her loved one. We thank you for those struggling, whether it's financial or relationships or whatever the case might be, that you are with them and you are saying, come to me, all of you that are tired and burdened, and you will give us rest. So Jesus, we thank you for your rest. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, your grace, your salvation. We thank you for your discipline because you are calling us to something greater that we might become who you said we already are. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you for loving us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. And we thank you for joining and tuning in and logging on and being a part of Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopefulvermont.org, as we gather online this Sunday with inclement weather and the uh, unavailability to gather in person this Sunday. We are just so grateful that that you are with us. Uh, I wanted to go back to last week's uh, service, how we completed with Hebrews 12, 13, but I kind of left it on a cliffhanger. But obviously, uh, I did not do a great job because Joy Doan, as astute as she is, she picked up on the last phrase that I missed. And this is uh, 12, 13 of Hebrews, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed and make level paths, well, you can look at Hebrews 12.1, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Level paths, remove the things in your life that are getting in the way, the obstacles, the ditches, the holes, that God wants to make those flat. God wants to make those level. He wants to fill in those things. He wants to remove those obstacles or uh, in our life that we know that hidden in him, we can get through those obstacles. Hebrews 12.1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the run, the race marked out for us. As we look at uh, this scripture, Hebrews 12, 13, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed so that the lame may be healed so that we know that we are all broken or we should acknowledge that we are all broken. Some of us still try to fake it. We cover it up. We put on a mask. We put on our best face. We pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, which you cannot do. But God is saying hidden in him, 
that we are healed so that the lame may not be disabled, that we broken humans, that we deficient in so many ways, that we, that without Jesus are lost, that without holiness, it is impossible to see or please God, that we, well, will be healed because God makes our paths straight. Let me go to this verse here in Second Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians 12.10. If I can bring that up for you, bring that up for you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, this is like live TV. Uh, this is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is Paul writing in Corinthians and uh, going to the first or the verse before that. Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Paul writing, but when Paul, when God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So God wants to make the disabled healed. He wants to make the lame able to walk. He wants to make you and I that are broken, that have been abused, that have suffered addiction, that have gone through trials, that have been betrayed, that suffer with resentment, that uh, struggle with bitterness. God wants us to boast in that weakness. Because for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, and hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God makes us strong as we are hidden in Him. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ. Colossians 3 3. This is not a literal death. This is a choosing of your soul to lay down your life to be a living sacrifice that we believe that God is going to take our life and make it more as we are planted and hidden and growing in his maturity within the confines of who he is. John 15 5. I am the vine, Jesus speaking. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. As long as we remain, abide, rest in Jesus, we can do great things because we are hidden in him. We are hidden in him. And though we are lame, we are disabled, we are deficient, we are broken, we struggle, we're addicted, Jesus says that we will be healed. That deserves an amen. That deserves, thank you, Jesus. That deserves, I want more of who God says I am. And you understand, I want more of Jesus. I want to be hidden in him. I don't want to be seen. I want him to be seen as the force field that protects me, as the savior, the deliverer of my soul, the one that cares about everything that I'm struggling to understand. I put my faith in knowing him and he gives me a peace that does not make sense, but I know that I know that I know that I am safe and secure, surrounded and embraced by his love. And because of that, we move on to this week's sermon. Yes, long introduction, Hebrews 12, 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Make every effort to live in peace. 
Make every effort to live in peace. I came across an article this past week. I believe it was Eric Geiger. And it said, plant more seeds and pull less weeds. Pull less weeds. Why is it when we enter into a conversation, we want to get our opinion across? Or we want to share what we know or we feel like we know what's right and what needs to be done in a situation. Make every effort to pull weeds. No, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy, to be made complete in who Jesus is. Plant more seeds and pull less weeds. We need to make every effort to live in peace. Does that mean we compromise? No, but that does mean we often need to close our mouths. We need to bite our tongue. We need to open our ears and have eye contact with people and truly listen to the heart of what they're saying and why they're saying it and trust that God is already at work in their lives. And how can we plant seeds and foster that seed of amazing new life within them that they would know not what we're against, but they would know who we are for and we're for God and God is for them. So we are for them as well. As we go and look at this verse again, it says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Holiness means to be set apart for his will. Holiness is only when we are hidden with Christ in God, when we are not seen. Well, it's not our accomplishments. It's not our uh, good deeds. It is not our uh, striving for the American dream of just getting because we work so hard, but it's well, without holiness, no one will see God. So our holiness is knowing that we are hidden in Christ, that whatever good happens in our lives, it's because of him. That's why we tithe. That's why we give. That's why we volunteer. That's why we share. Because we acknowledge that because of God's grace, his forgiveness, his healing, we have life and we have abundant life that we can share with others the good news of Jesus, that he loves them. He loves you. He cares about whatever you're take, going through, whatever is taking place in your life. God cares. And though you feel he is distant, though you feel your prayers are hitting the ceiling, though you feel like you are not making progress, know that Jesus is with you. And maybe that's a progress that he wants at this time that you would know, you would experience, you would understand that he himself is with you. He himself, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is with you now. This is the Jesus that we can love. This is the God that loves us. Hebrews 12, 15, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. In other scriptures it says that no one misses the mark. I might have this slide up now. Yes, fails to obtain, or no one misses the mark. To miss the mark, to miss a target, sin. That's what it's describing, sin. When it's mentioned in the Bible, it's like an archer uh, shooting at a target, and when you miss a target, it's sinning. That's what it, what it comes down to. You miss the mark. You can have a second chance. You can know that now, therefore, there is no condemnation for for those who are in Christ Jesus, we can accept his forgiveness, but we can also realize that God does not want us to miss the mark. Uh, I like in the Amplified Version how it says this, but first in the New International Version, 
he says that he does not want any bitter root to take place because that bitterness can cause trouble and defile many. I believe that bitterness unintended will result or lead to resentment and hatred. Bitterness unintended will lead to resentment and hatred. So we are cautioned that no bitter root takes place, that not even a toehold that easily could come a foothold that will become a stronghold takes root. Well, this is the amplified version. Exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another, to see that no one fails. Uh, sorry, so to see that, let me start again. Amplified version. Kenny, you can edit that out. Exercise of foresight and be on watch to look after one another, to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor and spiritual blessing in order that no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment. And the many becomes contaminated and defiled by it. What a reminder that God is calling us to something better, that God is saying that there is something more appropriate for us. And that once we allow something to get in the way, what is it? The pea in the bed? What? What's that? Somebody put that in the comments. The the princess in the pea or whatever. She was. She could feel that little thing in the bed or in the shoe, wherever it was. She could feel and notice it. And sometimes with us, unresolved, a conflict that we don't give to Jesus, that we don't process and work through through his forgiveness, we start to allow it to foster, to infect, to take over. And then when it should require uh, bacitracin and a Band-Aid, it requires surgery. And we just need to say that let no bitter fruit get in the way. Hebrews twelve sixteen, we find these words. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritant rights as an oldest son. This, I had to laugh when I read it. I'm like, see that no sexually immoral or is godless like Esau? Esau, he like sold his birthright because he was hungry. Maybe that's because I'm kind of compulsive. That may, may, might be because I uh, have that impulse buying. That's for me. If it's good marketing and it's like a flashy label, then I'm buying it as I'm checking out. And God's telling us, see that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau. We think, well, that was just a small sin. That was just a little sin. Why is God comparing it to sexual immorality? Well, I believe that God wants us to understand that he's calling us to a higher purpose. And as we look at the sexual immoral, there's a specific reason this comes up. And that reason is in 1 Corinthians 6.18. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Yes, all sin requires Jesus' salvation. However, certain sins have more severe consequences here on earth. And we have to understand that uh, the sexually immoral, as we try to make our thoughts right and not align our thoughts with what God has created us to be, then we miss out. There's a story, I forget uh, the pastor, or maybe I won't say the pastor's name because you'll hear the pastor's name and you'll get all upset and all upset. Uh, 
excited and just shut this off. But he was talking about the beauty of a campfire and he was building a campfire on the platform. And he was just talking about, and I love campfires and I try to have them all the time. And you put it, whether it's a newspaper or the kindling, and then you get the fire all ready. Then you put the small sticks and then the big sticks and the big logs on. And then you either use a match or a lighter or two sticks and a rope, whatever you want to do. And you get that fire going and it is wonderful in the context of a campfire or outside or the appropriate place with a good boundary where it's not going to turn into a forest fire. It's not going to escape the safety of where it's built and cause destruction. And he went on to say the same is with sex, that God created sex to be enjoyed by a husband and wife. God designed his sex to give fulfillment and to bring a husband and wife closer together. God created sex for a very specific reason to bring delight and joy to a marriage, to a husband and wife. And God wants us to experience that in its completeness, but also within its boundaries of that is where sex is to be experienced. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And as Esau sold his birthright, what we find in verse 17 of Hebrews 12, as you know, when Esau wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. He had not, he could not change what he had done. There was a consequence to his action. There was a consequence to what he had done. And for us, Jesus' forgiveness covers our sin. Jesus' uh, love just embraces us no matter our sin. Jesus says that we have victory over our sin, but that does not mean that there will not be consequences for your sin. You can know deep inside your soul that you are forgiven, but there are still consequences for your sin. As we look at Hebrews 12, 18 through 21, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words, that those who heard it beg that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches a mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But, but, the great but in Scripture, there's a pastor, I probably shouldn't repeat it, but he said, I like the big buts of Scripture <laughs> the the but but you have come to God this is verse 22 and 23 but you have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven you have come to God the judge of all to the spirit of the righteous made perfect to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You have come to God, but because you have come to God, but because you have chosen God's forgiveness, Jesus' love, his healing, we have delight in who Jesus is, but you have come to God. Do not be sexually immoral or godless, like Esau, who sold his birthright for a meal. And when he tried to get 
his inheritance back, it was denied because the consequence was already established. But you have come to God. As we continue to look in Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 25, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Do not refuse him who speaks. Do not refuse the voice of God. Do not refuse the discipline that God is trying to show us to make us more like him. We become who he says we already are as we submit ourselves, surrender ourselves to his authority. Hebrews 12, 26. And we look to wrap up this chapter. And then I'll be away. Pastor Kenny's preaching next week, July 25th, in the field behind the chapel campus, 5805 Waterbury Stowe Road, Waterbury Center, Vermont, 05677, 9 a.m. next Sunday. Please uh, join. But then I return from vacation and we'll be wrapping up the book of Hebrews. But as we conclude chapter 12 today, let's press in. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more. I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. But now he has promised. But now God has promised. God has promised all throughout Hebrews that he has something better. He has a new way. It's moving past the elementary teachings of scripture. The elementary teachings that seem so difficult to believe, but then you realize there is more that God has for us, that there is more that God wants to give to us, that there is more that we can receive from him that loves us. Move on from the elementary teachings of the alphabet and start to read words and put those words into sentences and those sentences into paragraphs and into chapters and into books and into volumes and into whatever is bigger than volumes. We begin to move on from those elementary teachings. But now he has promised. In verses 27 through 29, we find these words. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. What cannot be shaken may remain. <clears throat> Excuse me. If your faith is shaken, then let everything that is not faith in God be shaken off and removed. So when it is shaken and shook again, all you have to hold on to, all that you are hidden in is knowing that you are hidden with Christ in God. Let it all be shaken. So when it shakes again, you are remaining steadfast and strong in who Jesus is with you, hidden in God. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful so that we worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for God is a consuming fire. In verse 28, be thankful and worship God. We can be thankful to God for his discipline. We can be thankful to God for what he is doing, is making us complete, making us perfect, making us holy. We can be thankful for God. We can worship him. We can understand that everything that we do is for his glory and his honor. And because we are saved and set apart, we are resting and abiding, resting peacefully in him and abiding and remaining in him we worship and give praise to god 
not looking at, oh, I worked so hard to accomplish it, but oh, Jesus, thank you that because of you, I get to share your love with others. I know it's been long today. I know maybe you're just tuning in now. Perhaps you uh, want to log in after when you can listen at 1.5 speed or 2.0 speed on the podcast, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Living Hope Wesleyan. Yesterday, uh, Bethany went with Jay and Emily Semperbond to Maine for the weekend. And uh, it's kind of their last hurrah as Emily graduated. She's headed to college this fall and Jay's going to be taking early college this fall. And Beth just is feeling good. She has treatment tomorrow, but feeling good this weekend and wanted to spend time with those girls. So I was doing laundry, but no, I was not doing laundry at home. I went to the laundromat because we had some sheets, blankets that we had out that Bailey had used that we had uh, compiled and I didn't want to use the washer here at the church. So I was at the laundromat doing laundry. So I started laundry, then I went to eat, out to eat. Then I was like, oh no, I need to get this to go because the laundry is going to be done. I need to put it in the dryer before, uh, before you know it closes and the time runs out. So long story short, I get there. Then it seems like God wanted me to pack up my food and go back to the laundromat for a reason. No, not to eat in the laundromat. Sorry, Beth. She thinks that's gross. I used to like the laundromat because they had free Wi-Fi and cable TV. But anyway, there are two individuals there, Art and Emma, a father and a daughter that have been living on the road for some time. And we got talking to them and Emma, uh, 23, she had a cross necklace and I mentioned I like the cross and she shared that her and her father were believers and we just got into a long discussion and a conversation and then uh, as we talked, we just discovered that God does not have anything as coincidence, but he brings people into our lives and relationships into our lives that we can just share with others his goodness, his faithfulness. And so I asked, I said, what are you guys doing for dinner? Have you eaten? And they said, well, we're going to go back to the truck and make a salad. And it's like, oh, well, and yes. Uh, so Stacy and the LAC, I'm telling you now, and then you'll receive the receipt later. But I said, well, let me buy dinner on the church. Uh, I'm a pastor and uh, let's, let's get you dinner. And they said, something that's cooked. I can't remember the last time we had a hot meal. And so just in that conversation, those couple hours spending together doing laundry, it seemed as though God opened the doors to be a witness of encouragement to and for and with other believers. And if you're watching on Instagram or Facebook, Twitter or YouTube, and you just long for those times that we can be together, Maybe it's just showing up at the laundromat and engaging in a conversation, listening to the Holy Spirit and seeing how he opens doors and inviting people for a campfire or a cookout or going camping or something else that you would like to do. And you just share life on life that's hidden with Christ and God with one another. And we are thankful that he is in control and we can worship him as we conclude. We look at verse 29 of Hebrews and Hebrews uh, 29 in the Amplified Version says, For our God is indeed a consuming fire. And in the NIV, it goes on to say, Our God is a consuming fire. This is from uh, Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. God burns up all that can be shaken. 
God burns up all that can be shaken. I just think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some of you are familiar about that Old Testament story or my go-to sermon that I preach once a year. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they obeyed God. They were put in the furnace and God burned up everything that could not be shaken, but because they were hidden with Christ in God, they could not be consumed. Not even the hairs on their head were singed. God is a consuming fire. He brings discipline into our lives that we might know him and make him known and that we might understand when everything is shaking, when we are shook, when we feel like the world is falling apart, when we hold on to the only thing that cannot be shaken, we hide ourselves in who Jesus is. We find that we are not scared of that discipline or that consuming fire, but we love the fact that we are not shaken when the world is shaking around us. And what a message we have for others to know the love of Jesus, the peace of God, the hope that he gives, the freedom that we have, the healing and comfort of our Lord and Savior. And yeah, we're online and maybe you're watching or listening. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe you've heard it a thousand times. Jesus loves you and he is for you. And if you feel like you are overwhelmed, that you are being tossed about like a boat in a storm, know that Jesus is saying when the shaking happens, we can know that we are safe and secure when his consuming fire removes what can be shaken and replaces it with himself. So. As you know you need to, reach out to Jesus and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Let me remove everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That you would make level paths. That the lame, the broken, the disabled, the discouraged would be healed. And that your consuming fire would come and let us know that you are with us, but those that look into that furnace, they would not just see us, but they would see you, that they would see you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you love us, and we dare say we love you back. We thank you for your healing. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your presence. And oh God, we do not take your name in vain or say your name flippantly but oh god we say thank you that we can worship you because you are good and it's in your name jesus we pray amen let it be done thank you church thank you for listening to today's podcast if you'd like more information about living hope wesleyan church make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org as well as don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.